Hello, and welcome to the Kind of Crunchy podcast. I'm your host, Heather Nally, and I'm on a journey to eat a little cleaner, live a little greener, and transition our conventional family farm to more regenerative practices. If you're interested in more eco-friendly tips for your home or farm as well, then you are in the right space. Stay tuned for more crunchy little bites. I want to welcome everyone back to the podcast. Today, I have a good family friend joining me. His name is Joe Budrow, and Joe raises a special breed of hogs called heritage breed hogs. And I ask him to join us today to share a little bit about his program and what makes his the pork that he raises even better than what you might get at the grocery store. So Joe, I will hand it over to you. And to begin, I would love for you to just share a little background about how you got started with uh, the Heritage Breed Hogs. Well, sure, Heather. Thank you. And good morning to everyone. And, and thanks for having me on here. It's a, it's a pleasure to, to uh, be able to talk to farmers about, you know, the basics and, and you know, growing your own food and, and the opportunity opportunities from, you know, from um, raising hogs to uh, going over to uh, direct to the consumer. So yeah, I, Heather, as you well know, but I'll share with everyone, I grew up on a family farm in Benton County, Indiana. And, you know, it was, we had livestock on the farm, the Farrow Finish, 150 South Farrow Finish hog operation, and had some feeder cattle, row crops, some hay, you know, um, those kind of things. And I, I I was the oldest of four children and the only boy in the family. So at a young age, I I was I was helping dad uh, on the farm, and I enjoyed it. I loved it, and I guess I always kind of migrated towards the hog uh, enterprise on on the farm, and I, I enjoyed working with the pigs, and and uh, um, that's where it basically all got started. And and uh, so after high school, Purdue Ag short course uh, came into play. Graduated from that. Heather, I was young, I was impatient, I knew what I wanted to do, and unfortunately, there wasn't an opportunity at that time back on the home farm because of when we were in the in the farming cycle with the prices and everything. So um, I enrolled at Purdue University as a full-time student, and I'll be honest with you, more classes of, of biology and chemistry and English, I knew what I wanted to do. So um yeah. Through the National Hog Farmer Magazine, I found a, a specialized course out in the state of Iowa at Ellsworth College. It was swine confinement management. Mom and I went out there and, and toured the campus and talked with the instructor, the professor that, that headed up that program, and I made the switch. And, and um, it was a great experience. Part of that was on the farm, um, on hog farm training. Um, came back here to Indiana to do that in a couple of big, big confinement type of hog operations. And... Um, graduated from that, um, did have an opportunity from a farm standpoint, uh, uh, close to the home farm, and, and uh, mom and dad bought uh, uh, a small hog farm, and we we increased it and got up to another 150 South Florida finish operation there, and, and uh, lost my mom rather early, and, and uh, then dad decided to kind of to retire and slow down a little bit, so wife and I, we bought the, uh, that home, or not the home farm, but the, the, uh, acreage we were on with the, with the hog operation. And first year was good. We had good hog markets. Um, the second year I was in a situation where wasn't farming enough to produce enough corn to, to feed all the hogs. So we were buying some corn and, and, uh, that market went up and then the hog market, the third year, I kind of crashed out a little bit. And so, um, it was time to maybe do something else. And so I started working for a seed 
seed company, seed corn company, and it's a little different angle, a little agronomics and, and those kind of things. But um, I really enjoyed that too. But my heart was always in, in the homes. We spent three years living in town and I'm not a town person. I want to be out in the country. Uh, <laughs> I love the farm life. So we found a small acreage and, and that's when I started the um exploring opportunities within the, in the hog business again Heather. so yeah yeah and um first off my son um for age and, and even a little before that we did some open shows i started breeding some hogs for you know for four age project and well that's uh, that's a pretty expensive uh, if you want to do be competitive it seemed like to me and so um, we did all right with them uh, and um, when he got out of, of 4-H then, and so I kind of stepped back away from it again, but um, then, Heather, I did some research, okay, uh -huh. and I really found out about these heritage breeds of hogs, hog breeds of hogs that, you know, I had spent my whole life, you know, around pigs, I really never heard of these, okay, and, and so um, I did some research, and, and a lot of it was online, I'll be upfront with you, but mm -hmm. these heritage breeds got lost, okay, they are they were developed in pasture raising situations and when farmers went to confinement operations they just didn't really adapt real well to the confinement situation and, and so they kind of got lost but they're, they're making a resurgence and here's why because the research i did showed um, there are some top restaurants some top chefs in some of the major cities where have been introduced to heritage breed pork and it's it's it, they love it i mean it, it's mm -hmm. it's tastier it's juicier there's a little more marbling in the heritage breed pork um which which enhances the flavor and enhances the uh, you know the the uh, how the the pork uh, tastes to the individual so that's I, yeah, that was long, but I'm telling. <laughs> no, I, I didn't realize you had such a long history with <laughs> hogs, and so no, I, I mean, I feel like I've known you for such a long time, but I didn't realize just you know that you'd been in Iowa and um, had worked in so many types of hog facilities, and so yeah, I'm, I'm glad you shared that. No problem. No problem. So, kind of where you touched at the end about the difference of the heritage breed hogs, what, or maybe the better question is why is it better or different than you know the pork I would pick up at the grocery store? You mentioned the marbling sure, and the. Sure, no. Can you dive into that a little for us? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. And I, I think that the hog business, you know, and I understand health conscious consumers and I, I we need to be okay but what i think happened is that we took that too far one way or the other but we we really put a lot of more leanness in, into the confinement hogs okay and so in doing that we took away a lot of the fat the, the back fat on on the pig and, and then also the marbling within the pork and and you know be it right or wrong i'm not here to argue that i'm just saying that the heritage breeds didn't go through that transition. They pretty much stayed the same. And mm -hmm. so, you know, that, that great marbling, maybe a little more back fat on, on these pigs, um, you know, is coming through from the flavor standpoint, from the, from the palatability of, of this meat. So um, I, and Heather, I'll be upfront with you. I mean, we're not big time at all. I'll be upfront with you, but um, to the, so some of the people that we have sold pigs to, to put in their freezer, um, I've got the compliments that 
you know, some of the best pork chops I've ever had, you know, the, these pig, the, the pork is, is just delicious. And, and so that's, and I'm glad to help, you know, consumers realize that there are some alternatives to what you go buy in the store. So, sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So do you have a different type of uh, feeding program or your processes? Are they, how do they differ than say a confinement operation? Okay. Sure. Um, my pigs here do have access to pasture. I'm not 100% raising them on pasture. I'm going to be upfront with you. Um, it's just a little easier for me working full time, you know, with the seed company to to have them inside where they can come inside for for you know their water and, and uh, getting the feed and, and that kind of thing. But they do have access to pasture, and, and so what I mean. As far as from the feeding program, I do feed non-GMO corn. I work for a non-GMO seed company, so I do feed right. non-GMO corn. And um, um, as far as what I have done, and I'm going back just a little bit, but um, I started out with Berkshire Tamworth gilts. We bought some feeder pigs. This is a closed herd. I have not brought any new uh, stock into this herd, um, and I use AI. Okay, mm -hmm. and so the, <coughs> excuse me, the breeds I'm working with there are. Little Shire Old Spot, Red Waddle, Large Black, and uh, some old line Berkshires. And Heather, what I've done is that I took those those Berkshire Tamworth and I saved two gilts back from the, that group of feeder pigs I bought. And so I started crossbreeding. Okay. okay. And so what what I found out in, in doing some research on this, but by and and I'm only utilizing the heritage breeds in in this crossbreeding program, but I get hybrid vigor, I get heterosis, I get Sometimes the, the the heritage breeds were a little slower to gain. That's maybe another reason why they kind of lost out with, with some of the, the big operations, but they were a little slower to grow. But when I use a different boar, when I use an unrelated boar on, on my sows or gills, they they are growing fast. I mean, I'm I'm getting, you know, pigs weighing almost 300 pounds in, in you know, six months, six and a half months. So they gain fast. I get big litters. Um, the, the mothering ability of these heritage pigs are excellent. I mean, I had a sow lay down and had 14 pigs and, and she weaned 14, um, one time. So, um, wow. it, it's, you know, I mean, it, it's working and, and, you know, I, I, again, using AI to keep the herd, herd closed. So yeah, that's kind of a little bit of what I'm doing from the heritage standpoint. Great. Great. I appreciate that. It's nice to have a little insight to how your food is grown or raised. And I don't think enough of us are asking those questions to have a better understanding of where that food is coming from. And I, uh, I, I would actually prefer to buy local over organic just because then I know, as you said, how, how you raise those hogs and, and, mm -hmm. you know, where their food was coming from as well. Right. Um, yep. uh, let's see. You've already answered my next question. Um, oh, okay. Here's, here's another one. What do you think consumers should know about uh, the pork that they are purchasing or consuming? Well, hey, I think that, yeah, I, you know, there is a lie in this country, I think now that, you know, consumers want to know how they're, what, you know, how their, their pig, the pigs were raised before they, they get to the table and, and, you know, you know, some of the, the, the welfare type of things and how they're treated and, and, you know, do they have some space? Are they breathing clean air and, and all those things? And, and I'm not, I'm not knocking anybody that's trying to raise, you know, hogs mm -hmm. in a commercial way, but I'm telling you that I think there is, we have to satisfy the consumer. That consumer is who basically, 
pays our paycheck as, as hog raisers. And so I think we have to kind of listen in to what, you know, what they're wanting and what they're demanding. And um, I think the, 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 the uh, uh, you know, the heritage breeds uh, fit right into, into those situations. And, and, you know, for the, for the pigs to be out there on pasture and, and, you know, to be out in the open and, and, be able to to root through the, the soil and then forage some of the uh, uh, you know some of the the, the crops that are out there. Um, and I was going to mention to you too that these heritage breeds, you know, they were basically bred on on pasture raised situations, and so they do great on on pastures. They're they're excellent foragers. And and um, another thing I might say to you is that there's in in my research, there's a lot of maybe some people that you know want to move out to the country they want to raise their own food they want to have the opportunity to know where their you know how their their food was treated before it gets to the table so to speak and and so you know these heritage breeds work really well into maybe that type of situation maybe they're trying to homestead trying to you know raise a lot of their food on on their own acreage and and the heritage breeds do an excellent job in that situation so I'm I'm excited about the opportunities that brings for people to to uh, you know come back to to the roots of of uh, you know where the food comes from. And, yeah, yeah. How much space do you think that you bring up an interesting point? If someone is homesteading or maybe lives out in the country and just would like mm-hmm. to raise their own pork, how much space mm-hmm. do you think someone would need? And and how many hogs? I mean, we used to raise sheep, and you need those to sure. be in a group they need to be in a flock where they don't do well how about hogs right, right. yeah how they all women? yeah hogs always do better with 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 friends I guess, okay so okay. Out there. okay so yeah but you know when you compare hogs to cattle of course they're a lot smaller animal and so they don't eat quite as much um they are simple uh or monogastic uh, stomach so they they probably can't utilize some of the forages as well as the cattle. I'm going to be upfront with you there. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the research and what I've seen in my own operation is that these are excellent foraging type of, of uh, hogs and, and they'll go out there and, and they will uh, take advantage of, of some of the greenery out there. And, and Heather, I was going to also mention to you that I do work with on the seed side of things, growers that, you know, are, are looking at, at regenerative ag and sustainability and, and building soil health. And, you know, a lot of the conferences I've been to, they, you know, are talking about, you know, cover crops and no-tilling and having a live root in that, in that ground for, you know, year round is one way to build up soil health. And, and so where I'm going with this is that, there's a lot of them that that's saying that animal agriculture has a part potentially in, in you know, helping in this situation. And, and so, you know, as I'm thinking about it, you know, you, you think of the brassicas and, and some of the covered crops. That, yeah, I understand that cattle could really utilize those type of situations exceptionally well. But what I'm saying is I've always said that diversity in farming can help a farmer make more money get more mm-hmm. profit when you have a lot of different enterprises out there and and mm-hmm. so you know if you're utilizing the cover crops on your farm and and uh, you know want to enhance the, the the soil health by having the the animals out there with the, the manure and, and the building up the microbiology from the you know from the manure aspect of it these heritage hogs aren't are bred to do that and, yeah. and so they could really work into a, a management situation in that regard excellent so Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as you said, they're smaller than cattle. So where some people might shy away from having such large animals around their farm or homestead, the hogs might be a better option and still, yeah, 
contribute to that whole process, that natural process. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. a good idea. I'm glad yeah, you brought that exactly, up. Exactly. Yeah, no problem. And you asked about acreage. Um, what I found with, with what I don't have a whole lot of, of these pigs because I am working full time, but um, you know, I mean, I, I think probably anywhere from, Oh, you could do um, anywhere from, you know, I want to say, you know, quarter of an acre, um, you know, will support four five, six, six pigs exceptionally well. So, wow. you know, just take that and, and uh, you know, multiply it out depending on what your acreage is and, mm -hmm. and what you're, what you're trying to do. So, yeah. yeah. So you don't need oodles and oodles of space to be able to give them what they need and provide some food for your family at the same time. That's great. Yeah. Good. Well, Joe, what have we not touched on that you think we should? Um, I, I think, you know, from the management standpoint on these heritage hogs, and, and first of all, if you are going and you're thinking of more of a, a, a pasture, complete pasture situation, these hogs are excellent for, for, from the, from the farrowing standpoint. And, and, you know, they've got a lot of maternal instincts in there. So, um, you know, you could rest assured that you, you, you could be successful in, in doing okay. something like that from that angle. And, and uh, you know, I mean, I've seen advertised in, in some of these uh, heritage uh, websites and pig websites, producers websites where, you know, they're not feeding a whole lot of, if, if they've got ample pasture and, and, you know, they've got good forages out there, um, they're not feeding a whole lot of other stuff to these pigs. I mean, yeah, you want to make sure they're getting the, the minerals and the vitamins and the energy that they need, but um, mm -hmm. depending on what your cover crop mix is, um, I mean, you could you could do a lot with, with little, I guess is what I'm trying to say to you. Sure, sure. You might be longer to, uh, right. get, get, to, to, market to, get to market, right. but, yeah. but yeah, you wouldn't have to necessarily put in a lot of other feed right. expense if that wasn't... Exactly. Yeah, the path you wanted to take. Let's see anything else here? Um, oh, um, from the, the breeding standpoint, you know, I have just a few sows, so I really don't want to keep a boar here and, and feeding year-round and that kind of thing. So I found a, a boar stud out in Iowa that does have semen, boar semen, from all the uh, heritage breeds out there. So, and they're great to work with. They they helped me a bunch in in selecting and and uh, knowing what breeds to go to on what I've got and that kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's also important because you're right. If you are not wanting to have the expense of <laughs> that's there all the time, yeah, it's nice to to have an option like that. <laughs> you bet. You bet. Yeah, and. You know, I, I honestly, I, I think um, that if, you know, if, if somebody's interested in this and, and you know, if they want to dive into it, I just, I think that they will be really excited about what the results are. And, you know, we did this to put some, some meat in our freezer. Okay. And, and mm -hmm. um, I, you just, there's night and day difference in, in the taste of, the, of this pork from, from these pigs. And, and again, that's what others have, have said to do to me. And, and uh, I want to tell you a quick story here. Um, here in my hometown, we've got a little cafe, um, I had the idea after doing some research online again, and I talked to Lori, and uh, Lori owns it. And, and uh, I uh, we were in there after church one day 
for breakfast. And I said, hey, Lori, if I bring some pork burgers and bacon into you, would you at least just try it? And, and she said, yeah, sure, I'll try it. And so I did. And, and uh, we were back in there maybe a couple of weeks later. And, and uh, she wanted all she could get of this because it was that good. And that's what their, you know, their patrons are, are saying about it, too. And in fact, we've sold some uh, pork to some of the, the uh, waitresses that work there. They, they've yeah. had it there. And they, they want it. Yeah. So yeah, that's um, wonderful. Excited about that. And, that, and that's what I was going to make the, the, or the point to you is that um, I, I think it is we as farmers, anytime we can eliminate some of that middleman activity and go direct from the farm to the consumer and take some of that profit that the you know the middleman takes away from us and and put that i think that's good for american agriculture for family farms for building you know um agriculture up in in a way that uh, can be successful for a lot of different people you don't have to necessarily have a you know a, a thousand sow unit to to uh, uh, be able to maybe make uh, some more profit uh, th these kind of things can can help guys and, and families and people yeah. succeed and I think the community appreciates as well that they could go to the cafe and get locally produced meat as well. Okay. You know, maybe not everybody recognizes right. that, but I do think there's a fair amount that um, like to be able to give back to the others in their community and know that they're eating eating that food that was raised there. Yeah. And and I yeah. I have okay. a little story for you, which you may already okay. know this, but we have been lucky recipients of uh, some of the pork that you've raised. And That's right. <laughs> I, I will be the first to admit that pork is not my number one favorite meat. Okay. However, I went through several years where I couldn't eat any pork at all, other than maybe some bacon, Ooh. because every time I ate it, I just, all I could taste was hog barn. <laughs> And yeah. I know it sounds silly. People think I'm crazy. That's the flavor that came through to me, no matter how we cooked it. If it was a pork chop, if it was sausage, I just couldn't eat it. Mm -hmm. And so we got, um, I think we got a half a hog or a whole hog. I don't remember. We had, we, had a, yeah. we had a lot. Yeah. And um, Patrick pulled out the pork chops to start. And I immediately thought, you can have all of them, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't be eating those. But I noticed when he cooked them, this the smell was different. Mm -hmm. It didn't it mm -hmm. didn't make my nose turn. So I tried it, yeah. and they were the best pork chops I had ever had. I did not taste that barn hog barn flavor in the back. I it, mm. oh, it was amazing. So yes, we went through. I thought we were going to have a lot of pork in the freezer for a long time. <laughs> we went through it so fast <laughs> because it tasted so much different than anything we'd had before. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think no, it's a very real, yeah. a very real flavor change to have them raised in the manner that you've done. And the breed too, as a part of oh, it. Yeah. Sure, you bet. And, and Heather, I want to, I, mean, I don't know, I probably never told you this story, but one of the, the people that, the, one of the guys I used to work with uh, when I started in the seed business, when this was before, actually the heritage breeds, I'm going to be up front with you, but um, we had a few extra from the 4-H pig product uh, project and and he bought one to put it in his freezer and he said the same thing. And here's what he said was, because my pigs aren't over a pit. Okay. That's, mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's where the, the manure in a big confinement barn 
drops through the slats into the into the pit. That's how they handle the manure. Well, mm-hmm. those pigs are laying on top of all those gases that are being you know produced in that pit. Mine aren't. Mine are are bedded in in a barn and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So I, I I've heard that before. I have. So good point. So I'm not crazy. No, you're not. <laughs> well, I might be a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> You're too kind to say otherwise, Joe. <laughs> but, but that does make sense. I mean, it, I can see where you know some of that that odor would be yeah. somehow. Yeah, Didn't I won't go into the ins and outs of the stink, but yes. There you go. And it makes the best garden manure too. I'll be upfront with you. What I utilize mine and, and a lot of it's uh, composted too and, and mm-hmm. uh, i i definitely put that on my garden and it does wonders and uh good good results from that angle so a lot of a lot of side benefits from yeah. you know if, if, if a person out there has a you know maybe out in the country and ha- has some place to raise some hogs and there's a lot of benefits here so yeah yeah so, and, and that kind of goes along with if you had them on your cover crop or in, yeah. in your rotation, but the same, you know, it makes sense. It would work on your garden as well to have use the compost manure. Uh, yeah. There's a reason, like you said, that there was so much diversity on our farms in the past that they all work together. It was a, yeah. a big, a big symbiotic process. <laughs> you betcha. You betcha. I Great. Love it. Yeah. Well, Joe, I have had a great time talking to you and listening to your stories. Uh, have we missed anything that you think we need to? Uh, I think touch on? kind of. I had a, some notes here of what I wanted to, and I think we pretty well touched on on everything from that angle. So, yeah. Okay. Hey, I've enjoyed this too, Heather. Thank you for the opportunity, and I'm you know, just to help people and and. You know, to, to maybe show people that, you know, there are different ways out there than, you know, the, the traditional ways that we're looking at right now for your food. I, mean, mm-hmm. I appreciate your efforts on what you're doing here on the podcast. Thank you. So, Thank you. I, I hope to reach a few people, too. And if somebody has an opportunity to maybe add a hog or eat a little cleaner, then, yeah, I, that's that's exactly what we're going for. Good. Good. And Joe has offered... Um, to if anyone is interested in getting some of the heritage breed hog uh, pork that he raised, uh, you can reach out to the Kind of Country podcast group. You can just message me and I will get you in touch with Joe. Um, it sounds like he's got a lot of local people already interested. I know we're one of them, but um, mm-hmm. or maybe um, like Joe said, you've got a, some history here on how to raise these hogs. So if someone has a question, then maybe I can pass that along as well. Sure. Happy to help. You bet. All yeah. right. Well, Joe, thank you again. And thanks to Liz for sharing you on your weekend. <laughs> you were a very busy man. So <laughs> no problem. No All problem. Right. Uh, you have a good one, Joe. You too. Thank you. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Well, that was fun. I always enjoy speaking with Joe. He is so kind and full of great information. If after listening to today's episode, you would like to purchase some of the pork that he raises with his heritage breed hogs, feel free to DM me at the Kind of Crunchy podcast group on Facebook, and I will get you in touch with Joe. And if after listening to Joe talk about his operation that he has on his farm, and you're interested in maybe growing some meat for yourself or you know, adding to a homestead that you already have, it sounds like it wouldn't take a whole lot of space and it could really benefit 
other programs that you have in and around your farm or your homestead. Thank you again for listening today. And if you enjoyed this episode, as I always say, please like and subscribe and share it with a friend because every person who lives a little cleaner helps us all. Thanks.